This podcast is intended as entertainment for grown-ups and to spread awareness of 826LA, a nonprofit writing and tutoring center for children ages 6 to 18. For a full schedule of 826LA's events and programs, including the Echo Park Time Travel Mart, visit 826LA.org. And now, here's the host of the Dead Authors Podcast, Mr. H.G. Wells. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of the Dead Authors Podcast. I am your host, the noted author and time traveller H.G. Wells, and right out of the gate, I should like to address the rampant conjecture out there in the podcastosphere that I am nothing but a damnable liar. First, in the interest of fairness, the evidence against me. At the close of last month's chapter, I eagerly promoted the following chapter with special guest Aesop. And now, here it is one month later, and like a fox in search of delicious grapes hanging high on the vine, you find yourselves in the throes of a bitter disappointment. Secondly, long-time listeners of this podcast may recall a similarly ugly incident involving a promised guest appearance by Robert Louis Stevenson. Following the smashing success of Chapter 1, you eagerly returned for Chapter 2, looking ever so forward to meeting Dr. Jekyll only to find yourself face to face with the wicked Mr. Hyde, or, more accurately, Mrs. Dorothy Parker, who, while possessing nothing resembling Mr. Hyde's violent and murderous nature, can certainly be said to have enjoyed a potion or two in her day, if you take my meaning. And if you don't, I ask that you imagine at this time your humble host making the classic elbow-tipping glug-glug gesture. In summation, have I promised things that I subsequently failed to deliver? Yes, I have. Mea culpa. But ask yourselves this. Did I have good reason? To which I say, not particularly. You know how it is. Things pile up. So on. So forth. But ultimately, what have you lost? Not a thing. I've still provided you with plenty of fascinating and edifying discussions of literature, the perfect example of which is this month's installment, which we're calling Appendix B. Fear not, dear listener, unlike the ones in primetime television, this is a B you can most certainly trust. Hmm. See how long that reference lasts? I had the, oh, let's call it pleasure, of sitting down with Friedrich Nietzsche and H.P. Lovecraft for a most terrifying and at times borderline anti-Semitic chat. I assure you, after your ears behold this blood-curdling exchange, they will never be the same. Ugh, it's not scary at all, is it? Changed ears? Well, I never claimed to be a master of the horror genre, nor of the darkest parts of the human mind. But if that is your bag, creep, you're sure to enjoy Appendix B of the Dead Authors Podcast with my guests Friedrich Nietzsche and H.P. Lovecraft. Tonight's first author is a 19th century German philosopher and classical philologist. And if anyone here knows what a philologist is, please write it down on a scrap of paper and look at it when you get home. <laughs> please welcome Friedrich Nietzsche. Thoughts and books of one man may drop to the ground and be as so much dust from the bottom of a woman's shoe. 
there you go, Fred. Um, off and running. It's nice to have you. Uh, Are you? <laughs> Welcome. A word said from a beggar to a fool. Heard without meaning by an evil star. Just always, or, uh... Like, any time that word is used, is that pretty much, uh, how that goes? Wit, that old whore! <laughs> well, too bloody shay, Friedrich. Our next author is an American writer, famous for his work in the genres of horror, fantasy, and science fiction, not to mention the subgenre known as weird fiction. <laughs> author Stephen King called H.P. Lovecraft the 20th century's greatest practitioner of the classic horror tale. Well, consider the source. Please welcome... <laughs> Please welcome H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting people. <laughs> the lights are on us, but they're really on you. Your souls burning, forever in despair. You all die. You will all die like your forefathers before you. <laughs> Their sins have bled onto you, and you will bleed for them in eternity. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, gentlemen, uh, welcome. Uh, thank you very much for being here uh, in the in the twenty first century. I'm sure this is all. Uh, Quite uh, overwhelming for, uh, for you two gentlemen. I'm very upset. Why, uh, why is that, H.P.? Uh, uh, there's still a lot of people of different colors around. <laughs> I was hoping in the future they would be eliminated. The well-to-do Hispanic, gone from the face of the earth. Unfortunately, he's not. Time. A concept derived by Jews... From apes Pilfered by Rome For the enslavement of man I'm sorry I'm sorry Did the, did the, did the Jews get it from the apes At the time Or was it a sort of a, a collaboration These questions of origin And who These questions beggar us as the wind whips the rivers dry. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Everyone. Just a few, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, a, brief, uh, a brief reading from your works might be in order. Uh, to see these, uh, I'm sure this audience would love to see the, oh, the yes, actual yes. authors read uh, from their own works. Uh, the lack of applause shouldn't dissuade you. Uh, <laughs> 
No, no, no. It's uh, it's too late. It's it's too late. The moment has passed. The moment has passed. Uh, Mr. Mr. Nietzsche, if we could uh, begin with you. <laughs> All right, Howie. Take it easy over there. I am only able to read as I write in fits interrupted by horrible headaches. <laughs> Human all too human, war 440, of good blood, that which men and women of good blood possess much more than others, and which gives them an undoubted right to be more highly appreciated, are two arts which are always increased by inheritance. The art of being able to command, and the art of proud obedience. Now, wherever commanding is the business of the day, as in the great world of commerce and industry, there results something similar to these families of good blood, only the noble bearing in obedience is lacking, which is an inheritance from feudal conditions and hardly grows any longer in the climate of our culture! choice, good choice. That was, uh, I, I was hoping you'd pick that one. Beyond Good and Evil, oh, section sorry, 195. It seems to be still going on. The Jews, a people born for slavery, as Tacitus and the entire ancient world said. The chosen people among peoples, as they themselves said and believed. The Jews achieved the same amazing feat of inverting values thanks to which life on Earth for two millennia has possessed a new and dangerous appeal. Their prophets fused rich, godless, evil, violent, and sensuous into a unity for the first time coined the word world as a connoting shake. Freddie, I'm going to stop you there. Um, just before it gets uh, into too much more about the uh, J-E-W-S... Um, I hadn't anticipated that that was going to be the, the sort of thrust of your, uh... Your, I break uh, with all anti-Semites, and I condemn them as much as I condemn the Jews. Oh, well, that, Well... That is a bit of good news. Um, HP, perhaps you'd like to, uh, lighten the mood a little bit with one of indeed. your enchanting tales. Indeed, indeed. This is my, a series called Mythos. The call of Sulu. The most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all of its contents. <laughs> <laughs> we live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of a black sea of infinity. And it was not meant that we should voyage far. <laughs> the sciences, each straining in its own direction, have hitherto harmed us little. But someday, piecing together the dissociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality in our own frightful position we're therein, that we shall either go mad from revelation or flee 
from the deadly light into the peace and safety of a dark new age. Is that, um, is that some of that weird fiction? This is the beginning of a book I wrote called Call to Sulu, which introduced the book, the Necromicaron, which opened up a dark world in which your mind can only inhabit. Think about it and unravel yourself until you're mad. What's the the name of that book again? The book Necromicron. I'm I'm sorry, I don't know. It's it's the How are people pronouncing it now? Oh. (laughs) Well, would you believe those silly buggers are calling it the Necronomicon? No. Well, no. All of my words have been destroyed. How would you pronounce C-T-H-U-L-H-U? I believe the accepted pronunciation uh, uh, around these days is uh, Cthulhu. Wrong. Oh. Sulu. The C, the C-T-H are silent and replaced with an S. Sulu. Fred, anything to add to that? We shall read of Sulu at Comic-Con. <laughs> and our mother shall wrinkle with the aged whore of truth. Well, uh, just a reminder to uh, call your mother. <laughs> Let her know that's coming. Call her before you talk to a horse in Turin and must be dragged by your friends back to Switzerland. If you're going to call your mother, make sure you know the time that the insane asylum is open. My father died from syphilis, and my mother also spent time in an insane asylum. Now, that is true. Now, you were a sensitive child, uh, HP, and just prior to your graduation from high school, you suffered what you yourself refer to as a nervous breakdown, um, and both of your parents were committed to uh, the same mental institution. That's true, Do you think there's any connection there at all? Your emotional troubles and the uh, the insane parents? No, no, no. Just a coincidence? I'm a homebody by nature. My father was a salesman and my mother a whore. They both got what their parents gave them, syphilis in insanity. And they unbirthed to me the ability to unravel with my mind what does not want to be spoken by the people. Darkness, death, they do not teach this in school. That is why I must rest. I needed to rest for many years in that insane asylum. Oh, you rested in the insane asylum. <laughs> I went there for quite, for two years, and then moved back into my home, mm-hmm. where I just wrote letters, 40,000 words over the course of three years. That's now, a lot. When did that turn, in, when did that turn into the octop- octopus-faced people? Ooh, 
Cthulhu. As I called him. Yes, he was a sort of a, a, a space creature with a, a, an octopus face. I will tell you about Sulu. He, he wrote some notes to make sure everything. See, Sulu's stories are a race. A race practicing in black magic who lost their foothold in their society. They were expelled, and they live on the outer fringe of their world teasing and tempting human beings, ripping them apart mentally. Humans cannot deal with the octopus race creature. <laughs> no one can. I once made a maze, and I made my wife play it. And she said, how do I get out? And I go, there is no way out, you die. <laughs> that seems private. Um... Friedrich Nietzsche. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yavol. Nietzsche. <laughs> you famously remarked, God is dead. Now, what did you mean by that? Was it just your way of saying, someone please pay attention to me? In German, it rhymes. <laughs> Gott ist tot. So it's, it's a little catchier in the original, uh, original Deutsch. God is dead, and we have killed him. <laughs> we may ask ourselves who has killed this one. Who among us is the murderer of murderers? It is us. And we must rise to the station to be fit of such a crime. Well, case closed. Um... <laughs> I guess people have been wondering uh, how that happened for years, and now it turns out we've, we've caught us red-handed. God is dead by the inevitable mechanisms of human progress. The concept of God forced on us by Rome, by the church, by the Jews, by the nobility, does not explain this world we inhabit. Our inevitable course forward, we have killed God by our progress, and we must come to terms with this. Have you ever been to the beach? <laughs> Sunny day, kite. I once, when I suffered a stroke, I was taken to. I was, I was, I was taken to the Baltic Sea. Yes. Forgive me, if my wife is listening. I would like to tell her I think she is a proficient lover. That'll save you the cost of some flowers. A woman or a wife is most useful as is a horse. To bear a heavy burden and to take man to a height which she has never scaled before. Into the heavens, where the demons live. Oh, you eldritch foe, humans are my toys. Um, HP, uh, if, if we're being honest here, you're a, you're a bit of a racist. Um, you hold the unique distinction of being prejudiced against Dutch people. Ah, they're Dutch. The dirty, filthy Dutch. With their sprinkles on toast. 
one hot meal a day? For whatever reason, would you only select one hot meal? <laughs> Mixing meat and peanut butter. <laughs> They're bread that is soft on the outside and hard on the inside. They're stupid bikes. And their lack of umbrellas. Sure, wear your raincoats, you Dutch. But I will always carry an umbrella. Well, take that, Holland. The Dutch are the doorstop that prevents France from opening. Now, you saw that written down somewhere. You didn't... I applaud your selective racism, and I also heartily condemn it. You will be judged. I am German and Pole. I am nobleman and slave. We're all just creations of the octopus in the sky. Who will unleash its tentacles to rip us apart for the blood of our forefathers? Syphilis to you all. The only, the only true worshipper of the octopus in the sky was the original octopus in the sky. All others are frauds. Cthulhu himself was an ubermensch. Cthulhu! Cthulhu was an ubermensch. Cthulhu! You are a slave! No one is in control of your own actions. You all are here because you're puppets. Puppets who don't know what to do. And you will be judged by me. <laughs> Am I writing you? I'm writing a book about you. And your legs will be ripped off and placed on your head and you will walk upside down. <laughs> you are expressions of the will to power. If you are puppets... You are meant to cut the strings and become the puppet master. Right. The only true. I am a genius. The only true. <laughs> for, for, for those... There is only one culture. The English culture. Everyone else is second class. Second class citizens. Only England. <laughs> Nothing more. Right, well, we've, uh, everyone's got the feet up on the table. Um, Friedrich Nietzsche was just eating his own shoe. Um, gentlemen, let's all, uh, let's all, uh, let's all take it easy just for a little bit. And, uh, let's remember we're here in front of these nice people. And, uh, they're, they're here to listen to you espouse let's your views. There's no need. We'll simply, we'll simply calm down. Exactly, exactly. We'll simply calm down and discuss the inevitable destruction of Rome. Well, there we go. You will all enter the witch's house. And what she chooses to do with you is the witch's discretion. <laughs> well, the witch's house, the witch's rules, I suppose. That only seems fair. I, I, I hope the witch isn't one of those people that makes us take our shoes off before we go inside some sort of deep white carpeting. Now then... 
Friedrich, you mentioned it earlier. An important element of your philosophy is the will to power. Can you briefly explain that in a way that won't be dull? As Arthur Schopenhauer laid out, all of existence is a striving, a striving towards power. He said that it was a striving towards life, uh, for which my, he must be condemned. We all, all existence is a will to power. We strive to power. It explains all of human behavior. Human behavior in all cases, whether it be literal power, slavery, moral codes, all of these derive from the need of beings to find power. <laughs> you almost got through that one without banging on the table, but uh, just under the wire. <laughs> Tell us about the Ubermensch, this uh, overman. Does he wear a cape at all? The Ubermensch is clothed in his naked body. <laughs> the Ubermensch rises with Zarathustra and sings to the dawning of Jupiter, I am more than mere man. I am no slave to God. I bow not to the Jews, Mary, and Jesus in Rome. Merman? Did you say merman? Who is in the sea? Who swims watching us all, especially the boaters? <laughs> what is the merman's plan? Only I know. Only I know. You can't escape death. You can't escape death, even if you're a merman. How the Ubermensch man will not escape from these world in fantasies of crucifixion or magic. The Ubermensch is essentially concerned with the real world, this natural world which we inhabit. Do you two make sense rise to each other or... Uh... Rise above that. You must rise beyond that paper. No. Cast the veil. No. Rip the veil of Maya off your face. Ah! I feel free. In this moment, you are free. Free, free, free. But I will still die. Well, yes. I don't know if... Of course. I, I, why do you think we're all so mad? Now, are you familiar with each other's work? I'm a big fan. <laughs> Big fan, eh? I believe. I believe when you said, after shaking a religious man's hand, you must wash your own, you really caught something there. I also like when you said, a woman is a good. I remember, I remember you said, a woman is God's second mistake. That was, I like that. The, the first being man, I presume. I, I yeah. didn't know what the first was. I just the heard the second. The first mistake was throning himself as God. <laughs> You're From which all other mistakes flow. No. No. Your disgust for Christ excites me. <laughs> well, well. 
Yeah. History has just been made. I, I apologize to anyone who uh, is just hearing this and wasn't able to see this in person. A high five between H.P. Lovecraft and Friedrich Nietzsche. That was, that was thankfully one of the few items in the dossier you provided me yes. for my arrival in 2000. Yes, I, I do. In the year of the Jew Messiah. Now, uh, Friedrich, have you had a chance to, uh, to familiarize yourself with H.P. Lovecraft's uh, Yes, writings? Timmy, have you? Yes. yes. What do you like? Yes, my favorite one is the automobile that runs on vegetable oil. Ah, I don't believe I wrote anything about an automobile made of vegetables. I did write about an automobile driven by vegetables. The vegetables are you, and you, and all of you. You're all just vegetables in God's garden, and God will die, and everyone will die, and Sulu will save us all. Although... Although I had already entered my final phase of quiet genius madness. <laughs> when you entered the stage, some called it a breakdown. I called it nothing, keeping my mouth shut. I have familiarized myself somewhat upon the arrival in this yes, presentation yes, yes, of your work. Yes, 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 yes. And I must yeah. say, you open the door to gaping madness and you look into the abyss. And I commend you because it looks back at you. Yes. You get that? Right. You look into the abyss and it looks back at you. And then you choose to escape. There is no escape. You curl up and imagine shadows where there are none. The shadows are mere formations of that which is real. Man. Rising above the slime, throwing woman behind him like a slave. I, I tell you all, do not think upon what he is saying to you. Your mere brain cannot comprehend. You will be kept up late at night. Soon you will get syphilis. You will all go insane. Insane. You will My all, father did not cheat on his wife. Syphilis is always what happens to anyone. <laughs> I'm, I'm still here. Um, now, both of you, this is, a question, this is a question for both of you. You might, not, you might need the microphone later on, HP. <laughs> don't, don't discard it quite so soon. It is funny. Uh, this is Looks a question. like one of your creatures. Chilling, chilling. I don't think anyone here will get to sleep tonight after, uh, after that display of H.P. Lovecraft walking around with a gooseneck microphone stand. Oh, I felt as if Sulu was among us. Something out of the Necromicon. Necromicon. Now I have, uh, I do have one... San Diego, California. Authors be damned. Now, I do have a, a one question that applies to both of you. I'd, I'd like you to answer one at a time, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, neither of you were appreciated much as, uh, as writers in your own time. You didn't reach a wide audience. Well, you, you're kind of aware of it. Um, now, for HP, um, do you think it would have helped if you hadn't written exclusively for demented people? <laughs> 
It is true. Demented people do not have the finances to go to the local five and dime and buy a copy of Weird Tales, which is the book I wrote in. Some say I wrote some of Houdini's short stories, and it's true, I did. But the demented people know. I'm actually sending them a message. A message on how to escape. How to get out of that insane asylum. How to free my mother. How to free her from there. And get me away from the tyranny of my two fat ants in Philadelphia. (laughs) Free me, mother! Free me! Now, I think I know you well enough at this point to say, there is no escape, right? True. (laughs) Even if I am free... I will die by the hands of Sulu. (laughs) Yes, Friedrich. In uh, response, I posit a parable. Here we go. (laughs) The slave cuts off his chains at dawn and walks out of the fortress jail. A madman lamplighter crosses his path screaming. The air is your chain. The dirt itself is your chain. Madness, madness, where have you gone? We are mad and we are slaves. It's funny because it's true. (laughs) Well. And so unshackled he remains fettered. I imagine that answers some question. Um... (laughs) If, if not the one I asked, but uh, speaking of questions, let's now uh, turn it over to our, uh, to our audience here, if you'd like to interact with your public, your readers. Um, if anyone here in the audience has a question, please do uh, raise your hand and, uh, and address it to our authors. If we could bring the lights up just a little bit. Don't be shy, ladies and gentlemen. We have a lot of time for this, and uh, if you don't ask questions, it'll be a lot of me saying, please, someone ask a question. Yes, this gentleman up here, yes. Why isn't HP wearing shoes? No, you don't ask me the question. You can ask the... Uh, <laughs> Why am I wearing shoes? H.P. Uh, Lovecraft was, uh, was asked by this gentleman, why aren't you wearing shoes? It doesn't make a difference if I wear shoes, does it? We're all going to the same place. Shoeless. With shoes. <laughs> Terrible bunions is a part A of that answer. Part B of that answer is because we're all going to die. Well, dare I say, in your face, sir. Any other questions? Yes, you, sir. For H.P. Lovecraft, yes? Yes. H.P. Lovecraft, how do you feel about providing the inspiration for the popular game uh, World World of Warcraft, which is very difficult to say and unsatisfying once you have? Bastardizations of my initial theories and concepts will always happen. Just like the Bible is a bastardization of what happened when the supreme being came down. Oh, yes, we view him as a white man. But what he really was was a tentacle-faced creature with horns and hoofs as a mouth. (laughs) The world of Warcraft is nothing but a preparatory tool 
for all of you. Just like the AS, the SAT is for college. World of Warcraft is for your afterlife. Burn, burn, burn in hell and in life. Especially the Dutch, I would imagine. Especially the Dutch. Any other question? Any other questions? Yes, you, sir. Friedrich Nietzsche, what is your favorite nursery rhyme? Christianity is an encyclopedia of insane and ancient myths. That's <laughs> pretty much what I figured. Um, yes. Uh, Friedrich, uh, do anything specific to you? Uh, why, why exactly? Thanks for helping, sir. Um, question to uh, Friedrich Nietzsche. <laughs> Did the Jews do anything specific that sort of uh, got your dander up? We need only do a minimal amount of research into the evolution of language itself, philology. (laughs) (laughs) To note that those Indo-European races speaking Indo-European languages are superior, more honest, more upright, more broad-shouldered languages than that of the Semites. Did that answer your question, sir? All right. Uh, any other questions? Anything at all? Uh, yes. I can't uh, see you. I'm sorry. Yes, this gentleman right here. Uh, for both our, our guests, um, <laughs> <laughs> you seem like hearty, fun-loving guys. What do you do to really unwind? Oh, what, what, the, the question put to uh, both our uh, authors this evening is, what do you do to unwind? I draw a scalding hot bath. And I immerse myself head first while be- whilst being poked by a blind beggar woman. HP, I take tar and drop it on small school children and let them burn in the tarry goodness and think to myself, that will be you in just a couple of years. And then I go home and make proficient love to my wife. (laughs) Proficient, enjoyable love to my wife. Tar that, any tar that does not kill a child only scars it. Well, you can't say fairer than that. Um, the crimes of your forebearers will come to each of you. No, they know, they know. Now, Macbeth. With a morning, with a morning, screams the wicked woman upon the, the vista of life itself. Gone, gone, said the priest, sitting atop his throne. Gone echoed the voice of Zarathustra. Some of us have guessed at the awesome grandeur of the cosmic cycle wherein our world and human race form transient incidents. They have hinted at strange survivals in terms that would freeze the blood if not masked by a bland optimism. Drew? Yes. (laughs) Asked and answered. Any other questions from the audience? Yes, over here. Sorry, Friedrich, just... uh, Is there anyone in particular, or uh, the uh, the question the question from this uh, gentleman in the audience? Uh, 
Um, his girlfriend has just gone vegan, and he was wondering something. One step closer, she is away from being like Sulu, who eats all types of people and animals. You are closer to him than she is, so she will perish first. Take pride in that fact. She will burn, you will watch, and then you will burn. But at least you had a good 30 seconds of laughter before you burn. We, the uber-mention and uber-girlfriendin of the world, need not feel guilt about eating meat. We need only look down at the cheeseburger, at the meatloaf, at the steak fillet, as does the hawk upon the lamb. Ours is the place which must devour weaker creatures. By this only may we have the right to call ourselves Ubermensch and Uber Girlfriend. Perhaps she'll be one of those vegetable people who drives the car. Just the thought that she has a choice is humorous to me. <laughs> it is funny. It is funny. One final question. Woman is, a, woman is a retard that must be beaten with a barley stick. Oh, I, was, that, was that what you wanted to know, ma'am? My mother gave my father syphilis and she never told me I'm sorry. The Jew is the woman of the world. Yes, one last question, this young lady here, yes. That brings me to my final question. Ooh. Thank you very much. Um, yes, since you've been here yes. in, uh, in Los Angeles in the uh, 21st century, uh, uh, what, have you, uh, what have you enjoyed about uh, where you are, when you are? Pinkberry. <laughs> All right. Succinct, to the point. Friedrich? Fullerton. Well, an unexpected answer from anyone. Is there anything that you, uh, anything you'd like to do before I return you to your own time stream? For God's sake, give us two-ply toilet paper. <laughs> and give me a gun so I can shoot the first Dutchman I see. Right. Well, uh, dis despite what's happened here tonight, we will continue to do this show. Uh, Wooden shoes, windmills, and tulips puke, fart, and urination. <laughs> and on that note, it... Uh... Germany that... is a oh. dog which must be whipped with its own bone. If you see a well-to-do Dutchman, he must be a thief or a liar. And on that note... Cry, cry, said the beggar to the slave, for we are not but dirt, dried from the mud of our slave fathers. Humans are weak right. and so dumb that even the knowledge of the darkness would drive them insane. All right, well, certainly glad you went back to the notes for that one, HP. No, Friedrich, no, we haven't the time, I'm sorry. The only thing worse than a Jew is a Nazi. All right. There we go. There we go. Okay. Also, oh, anyone has no. a copy of the proposal on DVD or would like to see that? All right. That's, 
let that be the last word for our others. And please, Jim, if anything should happen to their microphones, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, I would like to... Uh, I would like to thank you, gentlemen, for being here and also curse you for the same thing. My thanks to Friedrich Nietzsche and H.P. Lovecraft for their time, and special thanks to Messrs. James Adomian and Paul Shear for no particular reason. Join us again next time when our guest will be Aesop. This podcast is produced by Mrs. Ben Zelovansky and Paul F. Tompkins, with special material written by Mr. Zelovansky. The producers wish to thank... Cody Fisher, Jim Yatto, Neil Campbell, Susan Hale, and everyone at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theatre Los Angeles, and Lauren Rock and Joel Arquios at 826LA. Our program is recorded live and monthly at the UCB Theatre Los Angeles. If you'd like to attend a future recording, tickets may be acquired at ucbtheatre.com. The theatre donates all proceeds to 826LA. For updates on future performances, please like the Dead Authors page on Facebook. For additional updates, or to ask questions of our guests from the safety of your very own thumbs, follow us on Twitter at DeadAuthorPod. The original Dead Authors reading series was created by Mr. John Korn. Until next time, this is H.G. Wells saying, the show is over. <laughs> 